welcome back to the Space Lounge for another very special episode of Go Mo Tonight, the Monadnock region's only locally focused weekly comedy podcast. I'm your host, Chris DiLoretto, here with my lovely co-host, Zoe Rotenheinsman, and we're back. This is the first regular episode that we have done in, I think, well over a month, maybe? Wow. Or maybe that maybe in the true. last two months we've had one. I mean, we've had a number of special episodes. Yes, indeed. We had, we've just been a little too allergic to record regular episodes. Yeah, well, you guys know the pollen's been terrible, um, so that's um, not really the reason. But, you know, we had <laughs> special episodes, as you guys know. We had them, uh, you know, Tyler came on, Gary came on as part of the town meeting series. Um, you know, uh, I like to think our efforts with the Peterborough Parlay 3 count, you know, towards this. Definitely. I mean, that certainly took up quite yeah. a bit of our time. Um, and, you know, prior to that, we were experimenting with the live episodes. I think we had maybe one regular one on here. You know, you guys can rest assured that we're back on Zencaster, at least for now. Um, our, our attempts to um, find greener grass on the other side of the fence have failed. And it's, I'm glad I never canceled Zencaster. We, we wasted a bunch of money, but we kept the subscription and now it's here for us, you know? And, um, you know, we, we look like we're on a boat again. <laughs> a space boat. Yes. We're on a, yes. The spaceship does tilt at times, I suppose, I suppose one could say, um, How's that for an adjustment? All right. Very good. Um, so we're happy with a, you know, to, to be back on the platform whose quirks and and faults and bugs we know. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I'm still not sure how we can do a live show with this. Maybe we can't. Who knows? But this is safer. And, and we're, we're glad to be back. So hello, Zencaster. We're boosting you guys again. Uh, today is Wednesday, the 17th of May. We're, we're hoping to release this within 24 hours uh, or less. Right now, the Celtics, I, I have them on over here just you know, so that we don't miss anything during this broadcast. We, we may, there may be exclamations throughout it, so be prepared. Um, you know, my son always gets very alarmed when I yell during these things, so I'm going to warn you ahead of time out of courtesy and, and from that experience. But... Uh, yeah, so we're, we're hoping to turn this around real fast. Reason being, we have a very timely and time-sensitive topic to focus on this yes. episode. It is Children of the Arts Week, weekend, week leading into the weekend. And, and not only is it Children of the Arts Day itself, but it is also After Party of the Arts. Saturday first annual. Evening. First annual. First That's ever. Right. First ever, first annual. It's it's already a tradition, though. Look, now, we, we have discussed this before uh, informally. We have teased you with things. But at this point, you know, the Facebook event is out there. We sent out a press release. Uh, all, all, all this is public. And we have partnered with our good, good friends over at Maxed slash Maxt Makerspace. Uh, you know, members of that board aren't all consistent with how they pronounce the Max or Max T I've noticed. In yeah. fact, I've even noticed individuals sometimes will say Max T and sometimes Max. So Max, I always like Max better, like Max, I maxed out. I maxed out my creative potential at the makerspace. 
Yeah. That's it. That's what it should be, guys. Roy, I hope you're listening. Um, but, you know, yes, our, our good friends, you know, everybody knows the Makerspace. Everybody loves the Makerspace. It's one of the best nonprofit creative hubs in town, one of the best resources in this region. And, you know, we, we have the privilege to partner with them to put on this after party at the end of Children of Slash and the Arts Day. Um, That's another one where I, I probably will say them both because... Children of the Arts is just lodged in my brain now. We like Children of the Arts better, and I know that that offends some people, and it's actually, and this is, I don't know if I'm going soft or what, but because I know it offends people, I'm actually sometimes saying and. Um, oh. Well, it shouldn't offend people. It's affectionate. It's, it's nice I know. People don't, people don't know that, though. They take it's it the wrong a, way. It's but not I, a mean thing. I just think it sounds a little bit better as of the arts, and it has this, like, really rich meaning you know like yeah. children and the arts it's it's a sum you're, you're right. getting the sum of parts two, two separate things children of the arts it's you're like getting something greater than that sum. growing out of the arts yeah yeah it's tremendous That's how i see it in my mind it's tremendous and you know i you know i just want to say you know thanks to the the poor and diligent volunteer folks who put on the children of the arts festival not just for all they do in the festival which is number one of course but um you know for putting up with us um, because, you know, we're, we're, we're doing this, um, you know, we, we, we did, um, we, we informed people of this plan, but you know, we, we didn't, we didn't seek a blessing, um, you know, or anything like that. That's sometimes, sometimes it, it just be like that. And it's, it's not through any ill intent. And we never wanted to, part of the reason though, is that we didn't want to add to the burden yeah. of the children and the arts people, both because they do enough during that day and also because, you know, Lord knows, th th there's probably some on that board that might be concerned with sullying their pristine name <laughs> with, a, with an accidental affiliation <laughs> with, uh, you know, potentially controversial partners. So we, we want them to avoid that liability. Um, and, of course, we participate. We're going to have a booth. Actually, we should, that's important too. We're going to have a yeah. booth at the little table at the Children in the Arts Day. We do participate as well. We also donate. We're, we're sponsors of it. Um, unfortunately, we, we went down on the list as me personally. Um, that was not the intent. That was supposed to be a Goldman Adnock donation. And it, it was. It wasn't just supposed to be. It was, in fact, a company donation. Um, we are institutional supporters of Children in the Arts Day, participants in it. And boosters promoters um if you know i believe they still need volunteers if uh, as of last night there were quite a few slots especially if you have middle school kids high school kids kids big enough to carry a sign or you know pick up a little trash they're looking for youth volunteers as well as adult volunteers so you can make it a family just a family couple of family hours pitching. Yeah. yeah every you know if everybody does a little bit it helps you know we um we ourselves are a little tied up because we have a table and we have an after party, but we're trying to do what we can to encourage others. You know, if, if everybody just does a little bit, as we know, it all gets done. Um, and we're going to have a, we're going to have a game. I don't know if it's going to be as exciting as our pick a tick game last oh, year. Oh, it's going to, we're going to, we're going to exceed it. No, don't listen to her. All She's right. just being modest. It's going to be way better. The theme for this <laughs> year, for those you don't know, is what? Things that go room? Yeah. Vehicles. Yeah. Including spaceships. That's that's my hint for our game. Yeah. Which you don't even know about. Indeed. No, I don't. I don't actually. <laughs> but but you all know if you've been paying attention and hanging around, or even just listening for the last eight minutes or so, that we do have. We tend to have a bit of a a space fetish 
Uh, we're into a little space core, like retro futurism kind of thing here. Not just on Go Monadnock, but in our our sister organization, Monadnock Underground. We have we've always incorporated, uh, you know, delightful space imagery, and so we're we're excited at the opportunity to, um, you know, be able to bring some of that yeah. literally to the table this Saturday. I am also spoiler alert. You don't know about this either planning a space-themed hat because as we talked about last year we've talked about it less this year i i feel like i fell down on the promotion of the hat we haven't been on we haven't been on the air yeah i didn't put it in the email either though Mm. um but i really want children in the arts day to have like kentucky derby style hats hats it's been in well don't don't act like it's an unknown idea this has been increasing every year it's true every year we go and there's more hats like people know yeah this is this is if you don't know you're a little behind, in fact. But people know you're supposed to wear a nice hat. Yeah, or or a crazy hat. Or a crazy hat. Nice, crazy. Well, know. nice. Yeah. N- Nicely crazy, crazy is within nice. Crazily in nice. In this case. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I'm I'm thinking of a, I'm brewing a space themed. I like that. Derby. It's very nice. Earth I was just going to do flowers, but um, space sounds really cool. What's your idea? Bring a cool hat, or at the very least, a stylish hat. Yeah. Which you know we're gonna we're gonna talk about town meeting and the results. A little bit later, but I am tonight wearing my driving cap as I did to the town meeting open session as a gesture of as an homage, a gesture of respect to our uh, victorious reelected select board chair, Tyler Ward, um, who is famous for such things um, and occasionally better than that on Children of the Arts Day. But yeah, do better than this. This It's just a driving cap. Not really what we're going after. Um, I had the idea, and this is a freebie for anyone because I'm not going to do it, but if you have, like, a nice big hat with a brim, you could put, like, train tracks around it and, like, you could probably even, like, have one of those, like, you know, if you've got kids' trains with, like, an engine, you could have it driving around your hat. That could be cool. <laughs> you know, if you're if you're, if you're you're unoriginal and have certain, you know, proclivities, you could just – you you could – Potentially satisfy this requirement with a trucker hat. Again, mm, true. Oh yeah, good, good one. If you don't have a lot of creativity, and you know you're a certain kind of person. Um, you know that kind of thing yeah. might be good. But um, some of my favorite Kentucky Derby hats this year were just like really sh- like sheer pieces of like like netting, netting, like fancy, just, but like a lot of it. So like I would be happy to see some of that and shaped often yes. too though like yes. in a in a particular direction or curl or yeah. you know um, but I don't feel like that would need to be like themed but just like no. a hat like that I would love to see right exactly exactly um, no. when it comes to the after party specifically and and even even my my case for the after party will will begin with my case for the festival itself and um, but. Settle down here. Um, I get very excited about children in the arts day. Um, so we need this. And, and, and I'll tell you exactly why um, we, we decided to form this partnership, why we've been talking about this for years, for those of you who, who don't know, because we, we have talked about this quite a bit. But children in the arts day slash children of the arts day, it's the happiest event, the happiest day of the year in the entire town of Peterborough, maybe the region, maybe the region. I would love to hear somebody's case for an event in another town that carries more joy along with it. And anybody who says pumpkin festival gets banned um, from ever contacting us again, because that 
isn't a, as they say in The Godfather, that would be an infamnia. Um, and, um, you know, but uh, in in recent years, I do like to think that the same type of vibe has been um, replicated to, to just a slightly lesser degree, both with the night market um, put on by our, our friends at Maxed and the um, December Lantern Walk, which is actually put on by the Children in the Arts folks. Um, so this magic is expanding, and that's wonderful. But this is the day. Like, this is the day. This is the only true old world spring festival that occurs in this entire region. Um, and anybody who wants to talk about things and whatnot can fuck right off, um, because that's not, that's not good. That's, we need less of that in the world. Um, what we need is true recognition and celebration of life and of, of life reemergent from the ground. And that's what happens at this festival. You know, we, we focus on children that day, and that's important. It's important for them to be able to march in front of us, to be, you know, to feel like they are part of a town, to, that they are part of a society, that they are part of something bigger than them, and that we're proud of them, and that we believe in them, and that they matter, and that they count, right? But where it becomes more than that, too, that, that's, that's the benefit for the children. The benefit for the rest of us, though, is looking on with wonder. As, as life blooms, perhaps a little bit too much, you know, for those of us with allergies, but as life blooms fully all around us, we can see the wonder that is our community's growing children, our future, and, and the, the, you know, ways in which they can creatively and socially manifest. Um, and, and that is, it, you know, that we, we are at springtime celebrating our citizens who are truly at the early springtime of life. And, and it's wonderful. And it's great. It's, I'm, I'm so happy about it. I can't praise it enough. I felt this way for years and years and years. But I'll tell you something else that's been going on for years and years and years. Is, so first of all, you know, the parade ends and there's still a couple hours left in the festival. But most of the time it's like, you know, kind of like energy peters out. But the festival, God love it, it ends at 3 o'clock. And it shouldn't end later than that. There's no way for them to do that. That's impossible. It's 10 to 3. It's packed with events. There's a parade. There's food. There's um, performances. There's, you know, anything that you can think of is going on at this thing. It's five hours long. No one in their right mind with any shred of decency would ask for more than that from the people who are doing this. Yet at the same time, Every year, every year, you know, those of us, you know, I'm, I tend to be known as someone who likes to have a good time and I tend to associate and have conversations with others who like to concoct a good time. We, we tend to form conspiracies together, right? Confederacies even. And, um, every year, the, the only thing that gets planned is the festival itself. And then it's three o'clock and everybody wants to keep the party going. We're desperate to. It's like, oh my God, can we all keep hanging out? Can we have a drink? Can we have some barbecue food? Like what, what can we do? And it just fizzles. It falls apart because nobody planned it in advance. There's no nucleus. There's no central gathering around point to keep this going. And so while we wouldn't expect blessed, wonderful, saintly organizers of Children in the Arts Day to, to have to worry about things like this. We, as members and, and cultural promotion organizations, 
in the community have stepped up. And we have decided to have this party because the townsfolk, frankly, not just deserve a party, but need a party. People need to get out. People need to have a, have a drink together. People need to listen to the great music that we have in front of the Baker Station. And, you know, there, there's, there's two main beneficiaries of this. There's all of us because we need mirth. I, I recently said on Facebook when someone asked to define the differences between Peterborough and Keene. And look, you guys know me. You know my feelings about Keene. You know that I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm right there to, to tell them why Keene doesn't even belong in New England, should be in Ohio, you know, et cetera, and that Peterborough is this bastion of creativity. And I sort of said that, but I also had to diss Peterborough a little bit in the sense that, you know, I, I thought that, that in fairness demanded that I be honest about the fact that we have been grouchy and tense since COVID. We've never gotten over it. It's never gotten better. Maybe even since the Trump election, unfortunately. Um, and that's got to stop. That's got to stop. Get over it, guys. Whatever you're mad about, whatever's been going on, get over it and do it on Saturday. If you owe it to, not just to yourself, you owe it to all of us. You owe us a good mood. You owe us your celebration, your jubilation, and your positive participation in life. We all need that. It is our responsibility and duty as citizens and creative people to do this. And that's why we're having a fucking party. What, what's, what's going on in this party? What, should, what, what can we tell them about here? Um, so you alluded to the music in front of the Baker Station. I'll give you a taste in a moment. Um, we've also got, uh, we've got some food happening, like all throughout downtown. It's kind of like a, like a little bit of a First Friday situation, plus tacos, if you were at town meeting. But better were... than that. Don't. Yeah. Right. Sure. A lot of these folks may not go to First Friday. Okay. Well, I just mean in, in the sense that like there's same area, be Depot same Square, area. C- centered around Depot Square. Same area. Some of the same retailers are going to be participating, but we've Number got of retailers. Yeah. We've got um. There's going to be the pizza truck at Boston Beam. There's going to be the taco truck outside of Toadstool. There's going to be, I believe, some drink specials. Uh, TBD. TBD where, but. Yes. But in the works. And Vital Provisions is going to have a special after party of the arts bowl. Um, also TBD in terms of what it is. I wish yeah. I could tell no, you. I think it's going to be a surprise. But, yeah, you're going yeah. to have to go and find out. Treat yourself to a delicacy there. Um, but, you know, the retailers will have special hours. Toadstool will be open. People will be milling about. I, you know, I've been promising dancing in the parking lot. Now, who we've brought in for music, they'll be playing from three to six, um, is a group called Red Luck. And, and they're, um, they, they hail from the Boston area, and, and they're here to really get us on our toes with Irish and American traditional music, you know, real, real upbeat but rootsy traditional feelings in the heart but movement in the feet, you know, a lot of, a lot of romance. And, you know, it just, it's, it's really going to fit the time and the mood. You know, Ian, who's kind of the um, – well, I don't. I don't know if I give. You know, he's he's one of the he's one of the group members. I think I I, I want to call him like the center of the group. But um, he is an, an associate of mine, somebody that I've known for a number of years. And believe it or not, I've never met the guy in person. Um, but he's a brilliant musician. He's been studying. You know, he's I, I actually I think he probably finished years ago, for all I know. But he's a, a Berkeley College of Music student. Um, he's been playing in the Boston area forever. Remarkably talented. Very smart fellow. 
and very excited to meet him, you know, bring him in. I've been, I've been threatening to, to bring him to town forever because I think Peterborough needs to hear this music. We need to dance to it. It, it is, it is precisely what we need. And I'm, I'm just so stoked um, that this is going to happen. In fact, red luck, which you know what I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make a fool out of myself by trying to pronounce the um, the, the Gaelic that it's based on, but there's a it's actually based on a, a, a Gaelic phrase that translates literally to red luck, and it means coming upon something good, you know, coming you know, and 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 isn't that what we need? That's what we need at springtime. That's what we need after Children in the Arts Day to keep the party going, and that's what we need as a community because we are too grumpy. Um, and, and, and we're too tense. And so um, Red Luck was kind enough to provide us with um, a couple of sample tracks, which we're going to put into the episode. Um, in fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just go ahead and, and play this in full for us right now. Um, this is called uh, The Garden Woman.
Fuck yeah. That's what we need. That's what we need. Can you, you can just hear the ghosts of this town rising up from the ground at these ancient sounds that we're going to be producing and, and sending up to the sky. Look, I'll say one last thing about this, right? Beside, well, I'll say two last things about this. First of all, get down there. Unless you're lame. And then go home. Just let, let the energy go, right? But if you have something to bring to the social circle, right, and to the merriment, which I'm sure you do, guys. I'm sure you do. Even if, even if you're mostly lame, right? Like reach, reach deep down within to that non-lame part of yourself and you'll find something that you have to give because we all do. We all have that, right? And we need it. It's our duty. Like I said, come down and make this a thing. That leads right into the second thing, which is, of course, the uh, uh, – I was going to say the sword of Damocles, but I don't think that's the right thing. Maybe the, the elephant in the room is that uh, everybody knows by now they're hearing, oh, my God. The only rainy day that is going to happen at all, ever, this summer, is Saturday right now. Well, who gives a shit, okay? Life has no rain dates, okay? And it's springtime. It's not going to be cold. It's going to be in the 60s. Put on a long sleeve shirt. Come out to Children in the Arts. You know what? Go take a break. Go home. Change your clothes and come back out to the after party because the after party waits for no one. And we need to be – this is a matter of will, Okay, we when it rains, we don't stop for the rain. Just like when you get a cold, you don't stop for that. You keep going. You you set the tone. You set the priorities. Not the weather. Not the germs. That's us, right? Come to the goddamn party. And you know what? If it's raining, the bars have roofs. Okay, and Cooper's has an awning outside from which you can see the band and hear the band. So I'm telling you. Don't write this off because of the rain. Don't make it like a lazy movie that you will regret it for the rest of your life. Agreed. Yeah. I feel like I can't top these impassioned speeches that you're giving here. Come I, to the party. I'm ready to go. I'm ready. Yeah. You have, you have a civic obligation. Um, so, now we're going to make this a, an episode that's a, maybe on, slightly on the quicker side, but couple of things to cover. Um, of course, there's town meeting. Of course, there's town meeting. We get, you know, we haven't we haven't talked about the the results there. Um, but I just I'm, I'm happy to report. I was actually I'm very gleeful about this. I, you know, we just had some wonderful times, wonderful classic times today on the Peterborough town Facebook page, the regular one. Not that I'm endorsing it over the good uncensored freedom group, of course, which is where you should be and where we should be having these conversations. But you know, sometimes old time sake, they happen over there. And so <laughs> this is just it, it was just it, it it had so many different strands of classicness associated with it. But, you know, some some poor person, some poor, well-meaning individual, maybe I'll, I'll look it up, um, went on there today. And <laughs> and it was funny because I, I don't think it's someone who lives in the same area, but I was complaining this morning about um Someone, you know, using a weed whacker or something because... I think it was chainsaws. It, Christ, maybe it was chainsaws. I think it was like um, many chainsaws you know, is what it sounded I, like to me. I'm just, I, I'm just, I'm not a, I'm not a morning noise guy. And of course, yeah, first thing that comes up, good old Samantha Duplin. What is the town sound ordinance? Can you mow your lawn before 7 a.m.? 17 reactions led by the Laugh React and 150 comments. Well done, Samantha. This was a great post. Now, like I said, several, several threads here. So 
Now, the, the answer to the question, interestingly enough, for better or worse, and this seems very un Peterborough-ian, if you ask me, but Peterborough has no noise ordinance. There's no noise ordinance in town. I was told by somebody recently that there was. Is there, there, there is not. Sure is no, not. there is not. Okay. There were people posting the town code in the, in the thread. There's no such thing. So, sometimes people, what people may be referring to is I believe there is some RSA that covers noise in some vague way. Mm. And, and because the town doesn't have its own, it falls back on that. But I don't think it's enforced or very clear. You know, there's some people who report that the police say that there is a noise ordinance, but like many others who have reported that the police tell you that there isn't one. And I believe uh, I haven't been told that directly, but secondhand um, from the police in the past when when trying to find out. There's no official noise ordinance. There's no quiet hours in this town. And yes, you can mow the lawn at six thirty, seven o'clock in the morning in this town. <clears throat> now, this spawned some really fun debates as to should you should you mow the lawn at that time? Mm. You know. And, and I have a firm position on this, which is no, unless you're a dick. Um, it's, a, it's a terrible thing to do. It's very uncourteous. Now, there's exceptions, okay? Basically, what this whole dilemma boils down to is you have competing conceptions of, of um, not conceptions, but you, you have competing interests, say, of two neighbors who wish to enjoy their property in different ways, right? One neighbor wants to mow their lawn at the ridiculous hour when the ground is covered with dew and maybe the worst time of day to mow lawns, uh, they wish to do that to enjoy their yard. Someone else may wish to enjoy their yard by having it be quiet in the morning, right? And my very strong opinion, and you know, no offense to any of my, uh, my co-combatants here today, but nobody made a case that, that, refutes or even disputes what I'm about to say. But in that exact scenario, if there are no other mitigating circumstances, then the, the, the person who wishes for peace and quiet actually has the, the right of way in this situation. And the reason for that is that, uh, you know, it's the 21st century, okay? Um, the uh, primary reason that people choose to live in a, in a southern New Hampshire town uh, is, is peace and quiet. Um, you know, to some degree. Um, they don't want the noise of the city. Um, they, they don't even want the noise of the suburb. Uh, this is, you know, even if you live in a neighborhood, right, you want the sounds that you hear outside to be reasonable, um, particularly mm -hmm. early in the morning. And mowing the lawn, despite the fact that, you know, it's a, it's a chore, which some people believe, you know, the fucking wood chopping Yankees, humble folks, um, believe that, because something is work that because something is labor that makes it inherently valorious mm -hmm. um, and that's horseshit there's there's nothing important about mowing your lawn um, you know it's it's not mandatory it's an optional activity um, none of the people involved in this live in like a um, a, a subdivision HOA that requires you know no more than three inches of lawn like this is Texas or Ohio or something you know um, that's not that's not happening, right? That's the only case in which it would be mandatory. Because mm -hmm. um, someone's like, what if that's the only time that they have to do it? It's 7 a.m. It's like, well, do it another goddamn day, like when you have a different time to do it. That's stupid. You don't have to do it that day. No one has to mow their lawn on any given day, ever. It's never mandatory, right? But 
Um, so you're you're engaging in a loud and offensive activity, which is is no different and, and no uh, more morally superior than say uh, someone having a party at one in the morning that's very loud, right? Which which also can be construed as offensive, if not illegal, right? It's not illegal. You have the right to do these things, but courtesy comes into play here. Now, there's exceptions, of course. So, so people were like, what if I'm a farmer? And I'm like, yes. Yes, farmers can do that. That's, and no one's trying to steal anyone's livelihood, okay? That's the job. That, I understand that. That's what you have to do as a farmer. That's the way it works. And, so, and there are farms in town, and some farms have neighbors. And I think that the same would be true then for like, you know, I've seen on the Peterborough page before complaints about construction crews in the summer, like working early so that they can stop early and so they don't have to work in the heat of the day. That's just their hours. Yeah, yeah. I feel like yeah. that's the same thing. It is absolutely the same thing. That's just how it be. And I accept that. We're not trying to be unreasonable here, right? Um, but the average, you know, suburban dad with the lawnmower does not need to be out there. You know, and someone tried to tried to make a counterpoint and say like, well, what if someone needs to snowblow to get out in the morning? And again, that's a necessity. You know, there's you may need to go somewhere, and that is your right, and and that does so the right to your right to farm your land, your right to get out of your driveway, those trump someone else's right to peace and quiet, right? Your desire to mow your lawn at a particular obscene, ridiculous, demented time of day does not trump someone's right to peace and quiet. Now, legally. Everyone has the right to do all of these things, and no one can stop anybody. This, but this is not a legal question. This is a question of, of politeness, of courtesy, of being a good neighbor, of being a good citizen. And so we had some fun debates about it. But then there was, there was this other, other wonderful debate on the opposite side, which actually I thanked the person who, who started it um, who, with whom I was you know, initially arguing, but it was somebody else. But predictably, predictably you could have, you know, I, guys, I've been, I've been, the commercials have got to me, and I've been messing around a little bit with DraftKings here and there, just a little bit, you know. And um, you, if this, if this was available as a something you could bet on on DraftKings, you could bet on it, and you could win a bunch of money. Someone came on and said, "Don't mow, don't mow. It's May. No mow May. Help the bees." And so, you know, those of you who know me, those of you who've been around a while, you know that this is an annual tradition of mine. I said. That would be true if I wanted the bees to live, but I don't. Yes, I was being intentionally provocative, obviously, right? I, don't, I want all living creatures to live, but I don't really give a fuck about the bees, right? And then someone tries to argue with me about how no, you know, again, we could bet on it. The next comment, no bees, no food. Not true, guys. Not true. Not even a little bit true. Not even a tiny bit true. Human beings do not depend upon bees for their food. Anyone who tells you this is... It just has no idea what they're talking about. We would have perished tens of thousands of years ago if that were the case. The entire basis, guys, of civilization, of the agriculture that allowed us to, to, to live in one place is the fact that we don't require, we don't depend upon any artificial inputs besides sun and water. You know, if we were dependent upon the whims the, the rising and falling populations of fucking bees, we would be dead. That's being a hunter-gatherer. Hunter like, and the types of edible food that you get from animal pollination 
are, are gathering foods. They're fruits. They're berries. They're things like that. They are not human food staples. Grain does not require that kind of pollination. Rice, you know, no, no base food staple or anything derived from it requires that. And I love the bees, and I love the ecosystem, and I want them to live. And, and you love fruits and vegetables. I love fruits. Well, but, but vegetables don't need that, but fruits do. Well, like the vegetables that are fruits. Yes, sure. Such as squash, your favorite. And Nobody needs that. <laughs> Nobody needs squash at all. But the point is, the, the vegetables that are the fruit mm-hmm. of, of a plant. Um, yes. So, but also, I just want to say to people too, like I know that it's it feels really good, and that's the that's what I hate about this the most, actually. And so I understand it on the one hand, but the only reason that this bee bullshit is popular is because it lets everyone feel like they're a part of this great effort to like save the world, you know? Because everyone wishes it was like World War II or Star Wars or Harry Potter or whatever. I don't know if they saved the world in Harry Potter because I've never watched or read that bullshit, but. Um, the fact is that here in New England, we live in the middle of the biggest forest, the biggest temperate forest in North America, and the fastest growing temperate forest in North America. And we don't have a problem with lawns encren- encroaching on forests. If anything, we have a problem with the forest encroaching on our towns because we're all getting ticks and Lyme disease. Okay, if anything, we should cut it down and get rid of some of these animals so that we don't have diseases to follow us for the rest of our lives. Okay, that to me seems like an obvious priority. But the fact of the matter is there's shit tons of pollen for the goddamn bees everywhere because we're in the middle of the woods. We're in the middle of the woods. You could drive 50 miles south. You could be right outside of Worcester and you're still in the middle of the woods. Okay, right outside of Worcester. All right. You know, right outside of Fitchburg. Half of Fitchburg is a forest, okay? You know, like, seriously, this is a giant... Like, go up to the top of Mount Monadnock and tell me what you see. Do you see that, like, the bees are going to be lost, flying around, not knowing where to go, where to find anything? No, you see a bunch of fucking trees. Because for a 100 miles around, in any direction, it's nothing but forest. In the, in any, you know, the fact that it's not is, is the illusion. So we don't need the bees, but I love having this argument, and it's a whole bunch of fun. And I'll just the, – the icing on the cake was when someone was trying to say, basically conceding the point that eliminating bees does not eliminate our food supply, but that all of the food that doesn't depend upon bees is genetically modified. Not really true. Um, and it's not real food, and it's soylent green. Not true at all. Um, and that humans were meant to only survive on food within from within 20 miles. So when humans did survive only on food from a 20-mile radius, let me tell you, they definitely, definitely were not depending on bee pollination for anything, okay? For fucking anything. Nothing, none of it, because they would be dead, okay? That's not sustainable that's not stable that's not secure you can't base your food on that that's ridiculous okay but secondly uh god in 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 new england if we were to do that it would be like reducing ourselves to just like third world levels of deprivation i'm not being flippant it would be terrible it would be poverty if we were to do that we live in a region that's winter half the year um 
and we'd be eating squash. And even if that were palatable to you, um, then you better, if you want us to reduce ourselves to that or you think we're going to be forced to, then you better start cutting down some of those trees that the bees need for pollination because you need that land for sheep and goats. Because without sheep and goats, you are not going to get enough calories in New England to live. And no one has. Not with our, not with our levels of population. And not with our level, and not with our settled civilization. You can't, it can't be done. And it won't be done. So get ready for the goats and the lambs and the clear-cut forests. Or go to the supermarket and enjoy it. Because it's the greatest marvel that humanity has ever, ever created. So thanks, everybody, for making the Facebook group fun. That was great. I had a great time. Um, really enjoyed it. Um, so town meeting. Town meeting. What do you think about the town meeting? What are the, what are the big takeaways? Let's see. Was, was that one week ago that we had open session? Believe it or not, one week one ago. Week yeah. Ago. Um, so open session this year was, was only my second time. Much more lightly attended than previous years, I think. Uh, everybody knew how this was going to go. Um, but I think what everybody didn't realize was that the, the three warrant articles that were up for, for discussion and vote that we talked about, uh, we did talk about that on the air. We, we did denounced have, them um, emphatically on the air. They, they did all go have some discussion at town meeting. and Very one-sided very one discussion. Very one <laughs> discussion. And I think the part that nobody expected that, that everyone was remarking on afterward was that all three of them were voted down with not a single vote in favor. It was completely unanimous in that room. Um, kind of amazing. There were people, my, myself included, frankly, but there were people who felt it and who needed to feel it even more than I did, which is to say a renewed sense of faith in our, our fellow Peterborough residents. Because I will admit, I was concerned. I was concerned. I, I was concerned when I saw the names. I think I said this on the air, maybe. I don't, I don't know. Maybe we, we, we meant to. We never got to it. Sorry. I was, I, was, I was planning to say it on the air. I was concerned when I read the names of those who had signed those petitions and I actually heard an apology from a couple of them and I was told that a lot of people who signed it didn't read it and it was shoved in their faces at um, uh, nursery school, school pickup yeah. yeah yeah when people are trying to like get to work and stuff um, and so it so that explains it and, I, and I'm happy to hear that but I was concerned I was concerned when I saw those names that people thought it was a good idea and I was concerned after our parlay when so many lies and just falsehoods and, and just malicious statements were were presented by Andrew Osterman. And I thought to myself, well, you know, a lot of people know that this is false. And certainly the people in the room were very much of the opinion. They, they, they knew that it was it was bullshit that was being said. But I was like, what if other people hear this that don't know these things? What if this is compelling? And and same same with the questions. Like, what if there's people who really think this is a good idea? What if people like buy this? and Nobody bought any of it, and I love you for it. Thank you. I my, seriously, my I'm like the Grinch whose heart grew again because of the goodness of Christmas, and you know the ghosts of of, of Christmas past and whatnot. You know, <laughs> um, seriously, I love you. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, <laughs> it's a little thing, and it was a little moment of unity, right? But I I needed it. I think other people needed it, and I think it was good. And I'm glad nobody bought the bullshit. That makes me feel good. I feel good about all of you. 
And I'm an elected official now. I was, stole it right out of sorry. my mouth. Sorry, I was gonna sorry. was gonna congratulate you on air. I read your mind. Sorry. <laughs> yes, Chris. Chris won his election. Uh, ZBA baby, none of you ever had any choice. <laughs> but no, seriously, I'm excited. I'm excited to to be a full member, and I'm excited to um to to join the board fully alongside my my new freshman ZBA. Um, member Dan Latini, uh, who I met for the first time at the Peterborough Parlay. Seems like a great guy. I voted for him without any reservation. I'm actually, he seems like he, he's got experience. He knows this stuff and I'm, I'm really excited to serve on the board with him. Um, so I'm, I'm excited. Um, yeah. yeah, I, um, it's, it's going to be great. Yeah. Great. We, and we've got a new, a new rec committee member, um, who I have not yet met taking the seat of of uh, Michelle Rourke, who I went a long time without meeting. Hopefully, I will meet um, our new member. Much, I thought you were going to say sooner. hopefully you will never meet Michelle Rourke again. <laughs> no, no, no. Michelle, Michelle is great, um, but I just that seat Love seems Michelle. to be like held by at least temporary mysterious, mysterious, mysterious you know? faceless individuals. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so that that's good. And you know, e- e- even though. The, like say the the official new term of the rec committee has not yet begun. You already have a victory. Yes, yes. Uh, yesterday went to the select board meeting. Um, Kate Kuhn and I have been working uh, with with Danica, the town planner, on this bike rack project that I I feel like I talked about this on air, possibly possibly a year ago. Yeah, I think so. Um, but I I just like when they put in the the electric vehicle chargers at the Riverwalk parking lot, I was just like, come on. How can we put those in before we put any bike racks in? We need better bike racks downtown. Um, and so we, I embarked on trying to get it done. It was a, a challenge to find out like who, who, who had the authority to do that. Turns out the rec committee just had to ask for it. We made a plan. We got um, we're going to have 13 new bike racks downtown, and then we're going to have a few more. Not only downtown, there's going to be Cunningham Pond, Adams Playground, just all around all around town. And then we're looking at a few more in West Peterborough, but that is a different process because of the tip district. So, yeah. And I, I just, I, I congrats on, on that, on that win. And I, I just want to um, kind of make a, a, a prediction um, that, that I hope becomes both aspirational. And I, I'm, I think it's a, it's a true prediction. And that is to say that I think a year ago we were very openly saying, and, and many people around town were, you know, what is, the purpose of the rec committee like what the hell is it for what is its role what is it supposed to be doing etc right a year from now i guarantee you nobody is going to be asking that question because everybody's going to know what the point of that committee is and i i think that's true i have very high hopes in that in that direction and i feel like i got i got no lifeguards at the pond for two years in a row and new bike racks so I'm I'm feeling pretty good going into this next rec committee year. Yeah, I I I feel good about it too. I think it's exciting, and um, you know, <laughs> I'll just recount one last thing on this topic that uh, you know, for those of you again who who, who may uh, kind of know know a little bit about our respective personalities, you know, <laughs> Zoe says to me after this, she's like, so like, like, are you being sarcastic in in congratulating me for this victory, you know, because like you hate bikes, you know? And like, so why, like, I can't believe that you're being sincere about like being happy about the bike racks. And I'll just, I'll just give you like a a quick answer on that, which is to say, you're right. I don't like the bikes, 
but I can't stop the people from having the bikes. And you know what? If they're going to have them around, like in my face and like where I can see them and shit, I don't want them just like leaving it around or like leaning them against the side of a building, you know, or, um, you know, locking it to some, you know, I, I don't know some protester or something, you know what I mean? Like, no, like if we're like, cause I believe in order and I believe in neatness and beauty and tidiness, especially downtown. So look, if we, if we have to ride these little, you know, Dutch two wheeled, you know, machines or whatever, um, we should have a a place to put them safely in, in an orderly fashion. I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll end this, you know, I, I think that there's probably more to talk about with regard to the town meeting that we'll get into in greater detail in, in upcoming episodes. I'm working on an essay that kind of summarizes my, my own conclusions and my own observations of, of not just what transpired, but what it means for our moment and for our town. And, you know, I, I hope to have this done by the end of the week, maybe early next week. For now, I'm going to tease you. Um, with just a couple paragraphs from the beginning, if you'll, if you'll all indulge me. Uh, and, and hopefully that'll make you want to read it when it actually comes out. So, untitled thus far, for the record. Perhaps the most striking of the many unusual details that unfolded and veritably flowered over the course of Peterborough's 2023 town meeting session is that the two larger-than-life figures who held the most influence over the way it all went never once were seen in the same room. I don't mean to suggest that they are, in fact, the same person, although that would be hilarious, merely that the timing and staging and plotting of all this would be too theatrical, too literary, were it not for the fact that it actually happened this way, by the grace of small-town serendipity. Former state representative and current Summer Street Baroness Ivy Van, typically a palpably bombastic force in our town politics, was up to the very end, conspicuously absent, alarmingly quiet. Self-proclaimed, self-made entrepreneur, professor, and superior father, Andrew Osterman, this year's upstart challenger, was until the end quite the opposite of those things. Even beyond their status as two separate individual people, which I acknowledge, uh, they have essentially nothing in common, neither in terms of style, nor age, nor ideology, nor ambitions. And if it can be accurately said that both share a certain trait of unpopularity, the difference in degree between the two, as we know now, is still so stark as to make the comparison unfair. Beyond the fact that they did not speak or appear together, they shared no race or contest or fight uniquely between them. As the mighty DPW street swept dust now settles, it's clear that a huge portion of the story of this election takes place in the space formed by these two long shadows. Demonstrating that experience in public policy and politics itself is inherently more valuable in the civic arena than, say, being born in our nation's capital, Ivy's spectacular and sudden appearance in the limelight at the very end of the narrative could have been picked from the brain of the brightest A-level big league campaign strategist. If her absence might earlier have been misinterpreted as bitterness or sullenness, it was clear in that weird moment at April 10th's open session that her silence had kept her so clean that she was now practically Gandalf the White. 
Many in the audience that night discovered, some to their surprise, that they'd actually missed her. Even the stubborn souls who could never go that far had to admit that it was both triumphant and clever. Not only was she now emerging clean, the opportunity to ride the town's bazaar once in a lifetime moment of unity was just sitting unguarded, there for the taking, a rabbit on a silver platter. Taken at face value, this may seem a superficial, even empty sort of triumph. But if the 2023 town meeting had revealed many things, near the top of the list is the fact that Ivy Van's ideas, or at least the spirit of them, have very much captured Peterborough at last, to the point at which some are discussed and even debated in a manner that subtly suggests consensus. She currently holds no office and appeared nowhere on this year's ballot, made no waves at April's deliberative session, took part in no Facebook group fights, declined to attend the lone debate, and held no signs at the polls on voting day. And yet the signs of her philosophical victory and the advancement of changes she's long advocated are now all around us. And not just limited to the scope of the election. Her Wednesday night victory lap, this was very real. The town of Peterborough did experience a shocking moment of consensus that night, but it was in fact a very different consensus in character and caliber and context. However real it may have been for the vast majority of the hundred and change gathered in the townhouse Great Hall to do some direct democracy, all this Ivy stuff was barely noticeable. It was the subtext of the subtext. If those present represented in number only around 2% of Peterborough's total population, they nonetheless comprised, in law and sacred tradition, the actual town. It's manifested body politic. Under the solemn New England grandiosity of the towering ceiling, flanked by the elegant Faneuil Hall facsimile windows, presided over by the tough but fair parental hand of town moderator and Norman Rockwell model Phil Runyon, the town shared a remarkable and unexpected eruption of unity. For more where that came from, that's that I'm just getting started, as you might imagine. So there's a lot more. Hopefully that's compelling. Um, so um, yeah, that's that's going to do it for our episode this week. Um, because like I said, we we want to wrap this up. We do we want to get this out there. Um, we're you know in. Uh, as opposed to our, our normal wonderful which I love closing music we're going to give you a, a special treat though this time and we're going to play for you one more tune from our friends Red Luck this one's called A Wave Will Rise you can hear it start playing underneath me as I talk right now uh, listen to it all the way to the end come to the party we need you there you need to be there your soul depends upon it Come to the after party. Come to the Children of the Arts Day. Rain doesn't matter. You know, our willpower can chase away that rain. But even if it doesn't, our willpower can keep us there, can keep the thing happening, can keep everything that we need to go up to the sky from what we're producing down in the town and moving among us happening. Okay? It's going to happen. You want to be there. You don't want to miss it. This is just the first of many. We're just getting started. We love you. Thank you. Join us next time in the Space Lounge. Uh, and until we, and not until our next episode, but until we see you on Saturday, take good advice, starting with the advice to go to the party. Thank you, Fred. This is Go Mo tonight. We'll catch you next time.